0: Significance breeds success. My name is Daniel Peter. This is Tony Horton. What's up, brother?
1: Daniel! What's up? Hello.
0: How are you? I'm good, man. Thank, so you, thank you. Look thank at these you. muscles on you. Well, you know. Yeah, so
1: Veins? It's your makeup. It's your how makeup often
0: of. how, how often do you train now?
1: Uh, six days a week. Okay. Six, maybe five or four if I'm traveling, but six days a week.
0: Yeah. How how, how long? Twenty minutes, thirty no, minutes? No,
1: I don't I can't get much done in twenty minutes. I mean you can. I mean I have routines that are like that when I'm on the road. I'll you know, I'll do a little twenty minute number. But I mean hour and fifteen, sometimes hour and a half, sometimes for example, on Sundays, I do a gymnastics slash ninja routine, which, you know, you're not working out the whole time, but then there's eight or nine or 10 of us, but we're out there for three or four hours.
0: So you're jumping on things, jumping through things? You no, know, a lot climbing of climbing walls. and
1: ropes and, you know, and plyometric push-ups and handstand push-ups and uh, climbing ropes upside down. And, uh, you know, for example, the ninja course is a sequence of different objects that you gotta get to. You gotta get from point A to point B, and you're up there for a while, and, you know, sometimes it takes you two or three times to get through the entire course. Like, if you fall off the course, next guy goes, you get to recover, and then you try to finish, that kind of thing.
0: I love it. Yeah. So, you got into fitness uh, because you just like to work out, or because you wanted to impact people's lives? Because I think it's because you wanted to help others. Most
1: people look at me and they think, oh, this guy's been doing this forever. He was some kind of a, you know, high school football jock. Not the case at all. I had two left feet. I had a speech impediment. I was picked last for every... Yeah, you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, my dad was a jock. He was a a captain of three sports, but he, you know, he didn't like the process of being an athlete. You know, there was something about it for him as a kid, having the snot beat out of him and being yelled at and berated and everything else. You know, it really depends on your coach, your teacher, your mentor, you know, who the hell's running the show. If they're empathetic and if they've got, you know, they can really get a sense of who you are as an individual, they can help you grow. But if they're berating you and yelling at you and telling you you're a punk and, you know, stop being a wuss, that kind of thing, that's what I was. I grew up in the 60s, right? So either you were good or you weren't. And if you were good, you played football, basketball, baseball, hockey. Or you sat on the sidelines and you were a tackling dummy or something during the week. You know? And so that was my experience as a child back in New England. But then I came out to California and where I am now today. And there are, you know, exercise was everything. I mean, you know, it's sunny out here 362 days out of the year. So there's volleyball and skiing and surfing and there's weight training and aerobics classes. And, you know, there were gyms on every corner here, back east, they were, you know, they were on the campus or they were at the high school. I just, it was just, I got immersed in it because I thought, wow, everybody out here is into it. And that's where all the pretty girls were, right? So, you know, you could go to clubs at night and try to pull it off. But, you know, you get to go to a gym and you get to meet people like, like-minded people who are, and I had never been in uh, an aerobics class before and they were all women. I'd never been to yoga before and they were all women. So I was like, yeah, hey, I'm going in there. And so what that ended up doing was it gave me that diversification that you see in P90X, X2, X3 and everything else I've done.
0: I love it. So, your dad was probably one of your first mentors. No, not really. Really?
1: No. No, my father, when I was a kid, my father was on the road. His job put him on the road Monday through Friday. So I saw my father on Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I was usually caught carrying his golf bags in the summertime. I mean, I was a caddy in the summer. And um, he he tried to do the opposite of what his father did. He just left me alone. Because his father was always grinding. Come on, more, harder, better. What's the matter with you? you know, they're, they're just, you know, there's certain... Certain, you know, either you're a a trainer or you're a coach or you're a therapist or you're, you know, any number of things, depending on who, you know, like I was a comic for two years. You got to know your audience. You got to know who you're talking to, because if you're talking to the, you know, you're doing a gig at the convalescent home, you're not doing, you know, crotch jokes. Okay. You have to understand who you're talking to and what resonates with certain people so that they can enjoy the experience and learn and succeed. You know, back then when I was a kid, there was sort of this one size fits all technique that didn't fit all. It fit, you know, it fit certain kids that had, you know, had a different, different upbringing than I had.
0: So the context of this shows, I find our system today, I call it our culture, is Mm. really built on success. And I look at success, what happens to us, and significance is what happens through us. And I find so many people don't have the context to serve and be significant they just want the success model, and then they're like, hey, when I'm 80 years old, I'll give back to this. Or yeah, this, that.
1: I understand that totally, man.
0: And it's yeah. so interesting, right? Because I think that through what you did... Uh, in sports and, and people knowing the P90X model, it's one of the biggest in the world, right? Pretty much. How many people's lives did you, s- did you not just save, but did you impact? Did you make healthier? Did you inspire? Did you motivate? Did you create abs around the world where <laughs> more people can...
1: There are more six-packs per square yard now than there's ever Per square
0: yard, I like that. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Um,
1: I don't know. The numbers are around 11 million or something, maybe more by now. You but know. but that's only directly bought the product, right?
0: Yeah, that's not or, even or, or got
1: a pirated copy. Thank you for
0: that. Well, that's um, great promotion. Yeah, I mean, right?
1: I, you know, I mean, look, you got 360 million people here in the United States. Uh, you, you know, obviously, uh, when I go to an event, you know, maybe one that's like, like this one today, where I've been invited to come. You know, you, I've already run into at least two dozen people who said, hey, man, I got your product, I use it, my husband's hot now, you know, and whatever the conversation is. Um, so it's, you know, millions and millions, I don't know if we're approaching billions, uh, hard to track. But, you know, um, I'll be anywhere and go, oh, I'm from Mexico City. Oh, I'm from Argentina. Oh, I'm from the UK. Oh, I'm from Japan. Oh, You know, so it
0: is worldwide. It's, 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 it's a hell of a lot of people. for sure. I mean, that's, I mean... How many? I mean, there's 0.001 percent of people that affect as many lives as you have.
1: I would say so. I would say that I'm very, very, very lucky in this realm. I mean, you know, I was I was a C minus student with a speech impediment, right? Who was terrible in school. I moved six times before fifth grade. You know, because my father was in the military, we, I was an army brat, and they moved from job to job. So when I was a kid, I didn't really feel like I had much of an influence on anyone ever. I didn't really think that was going to be my future. You know, I, uh, I liked entertaining, I was always kind of goofy and funny. That's how I got out of beating, being beat up sometimes. You know, it got me out of trouble, you know, my sense of humor. And, um, um, and then fortunately for me, you know, when I came out to California, I was, I was going to be an actor. I thought I was going to be some cross between Brad Pitt and Jim Carrey, you know, like the most. The most handsome, funny guy in the world.
0: Well, I like that. And you that, are though.
1: Well, no, I don't know about oh. that. Well, thank you. Checks in the mail. Um, but uh, yeah, so I did. I did the acting classes, the improv classes. I, you know, I, for two years, man, I'd get up at, you know, I get up at whatever, up on stage at one, two, three—not three o'clock in the morning, but you know, anywhere from midnight to two o'clock in the morning, trying to do stand-up in front of twenty people who are usually drunk, throwing crap at me. You know, but what it does is it thickens your skin. It really, you know, it helps you. It allows you to be able to you know, read a room or be comfortable in front of a camera or be, in, be comfortable in front of an audience. I mean, I just did a workout in, in Indianapolis in front of 15,000 people. You know, I guess that would make a lot of people pretty nervous, but, but I just dug it, man, you know, it was fun.
0: I like it. So you are in comedy, how long did you do comedy for? I attempted comedy for about two
1: years. You actually did it, right? I, I went on stage and in Pasadena at 1.30 in the morning. All right, Horton, you're next. You know, I mean, most people are in bed. And there's, you know, whoever would go to this gig of yours. And you get up there and you had your three to five or maybe ten minutes. I mean, if Ooh, they gave you ten minutes. Man, that's big like, time. Oh, okay, I got all that all day here. Right. But what we used to do, too, is I used to hang around with a bunch of comics. And we would do these showcases. And in a showcase, you know, you'd go to a, a club owner and you on a Monday night. And you'd say, hey, I got six comics. I know we can fill this place. Um, and they would say, okay, all right, great. Because usually this place is pretty slow or closed. Mm-hmm. And so we would do like a... Ten dollars to get in, and a two drink minimum, and so the owner of the club would end up having a decent night, and we would perform in front of our friends. Mm. So we'd stack the house, you know. They were just waiting for us to do something funny, and we, you know, my crew at that time, we were outrageous. You know, we pushed the envelope. We did some, you know, I mean, I did some things that I probably couldn't do today if I wanted to keep my fan base. But you know, that I was young and I wanted to see what I could get away with, and uh, and so again, that was one more step in the process of building a thicker skin then you know i worked with nordic track i would go out to minneapolis and you know it was the first time i was dealing with a camera right so i was an athlete at that time i was finally fit and athletic and i could i could perform without having to do 15 takes you know i I could get it in a take or two hi everybody i'm tony horton welcome to the nordic track line of fitness products you're going to be blown away today because i'm going to you know what i mean yeah like
0: that was easy for me one take It was like after i was on. sometimes a
1: two take if i whatever you know if my hair wasn't
0: good, when I was on WWE, they they bet again. So I was on Tough Enough, this this thing on SmackDown on their TV show, and I won a million dollar Tough Enough on SmackDown, their whole reality show. And it was interesting because I was already a pro fighter. But what I didn't know, I was in I was in I was in the ring one day in front of twenty thousand people, and the guy kicks me like the camera guy, and he's like in the in the ring by mistake he kicks or on purpose. On purpose because I wasn't facing the hard camera, and oh. I wasn't facing his camera. Oh, and he had a bet against the sound guys that I would win the show. So every single week, they were betting on who was doing the best and who won the weekly hmm. show. And it was really interesting, because I then went up to him after. I'm like, you kicked me. Like, what's up? He goes, bro, here's the cameras. We have three hard here. We got two here. We got this. We got this. You got to, like, to be a star, you got to understand how it works. I am like, you are on stage, yeah. I'm yeah. like, so blessed. Like, this guy came up to me and kicked me. Right.
1: That's one way to get you there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had a show... Um, on the Playboy channel many, many years ago. It was like an Entertainment Tonight kind of a show, but it was, you know, instead of the little black bar here, there was no black bar, right? But we did, we tried to do this legitimate news thing, and it's the first time I had a three camera show and a host. Hmm. And I know exactly how you're feeling because they would say, all right, Tony, you're going to stand up, start on camera one. You're going to go to Tracy, Tracy, Tracy to two, back to Tracy to three, then back to one. You're going to finish with Tracy. And fi- oh, you know, hi. And so I'm, you're reading, right? I mean, I had a mm-hmm. teleprompter, which that was a skill I hadn't had yet. Oh, that's crazy too,
0: with your learning challenges. Is mm-hmm. that, was that challenging? Oh my
1: God. I, I was out of, I mean, my learning curve and that, whatever, that time, your year <laughs> team, get uh, that 10 year time frame? say that three times fast. Yeah. Was amazing for me. Just that you're on stage doing comedy. You're going to auditions. You're in acting classes. You're doing scene study. You know, you're learning how to read a teleprompter with a host, going back and forth from one to two to three to host and everything else. And I, you know, I'm mean, be honest with you, I was not good at early on. I thought for sure they would have fired me. But by the time I got to Minneapolis and worked with Nordik Track, I got to be pretty good at that point because it was only one camera. I had a camera and I had to hit my mark, and that seemed ten times easier than three cameras and a co-host.
0: So. So I was labeled as learning disabled as a kid because my comprehension...
1: ADHD, LMNOP, NYP, whatever.
0: And so I'm going to school and I'm learning, I'm like opening a book in class. They're like, yeah, you're reading next. And I'm like, awesome. It's like you stand up as... Mm. I I stood up as a kid and I started reading and I'd stutter on the words and kids would laugh at me and tease me. And then, you know, I mean, it was was freaking nuts. What I find is I used to say my teachers labeled me as learning disabled. Now I say the system labeled me as learning disabled. The teachers worked with me and did whatever they could for me because the system is set not to help kids like us. No. The system is, like, do you know Michael O'Hearn? No. He's uh, one of the top bodybuilders in the world. I should connect you guys. He's down your way. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I was interviewing him one day and he's sponsored by all these big companies. He does all this stuff. And he said, can you guys just read the lines to me when we were doing a PSA for my nonprofit? And I I go, hold on, stop the camera, stop everything. I go, why? He goes, I can't read. I'm dyslexic. And I'm like, wow why'd you get into fitness? And I didn't know this about him. He goes, because I was bullied as a kid in special ed and I had to do something that I was good at and school wasn't. And I'm like, wow, this is like, I mean, I could feel it coming from him. So, pretty awesome stories on to build relationships with other people that had learning challenges when they were younger based upon the system didn't hit how they learned or their love languages or learning styles or anything. Yeah, that's right. How do you feel about our kids? Tens of thousands. I mean, we have 55 million kids in our pre-kindergarten through 12th mm. grade system now
1: mm.
0: tens of thousands of them go through the same Are thing still
1: here it is 2018 it happened to me in the 1960s and early 70s
0: happened to me 80 I was born in 81 so yeah. the 90s and yeah.
1: the well this is the reason why a lot of parents homeschool their kids yeah you know they just say hey look the system isn't working you guys aren't, aren't accommodating my kids needs uh, there's nothing here to help my kid improve you know he's coming in last place and getting C's and D's and F's and, you know, you guys don't seem to get it. And so, you know, I mean, you got to, sometimes you've got to take the stuff into your own hands and figure it out for your kids. That was not the case when I was a kid. I, I probably had ADD, ADHD, uh, all those things. You know, I was, uh, and I was probably dyslexic. You know, my B's and D's, holy smokes. I would just go, oh, which way? I don't know what it is, you know, just synapse stuff. But, but oddly enough, you know, when I got out here, I was self-taught because I was sick and tired of being poor. Mm. And sad and depressed and lonely. And so, my, my avenue to improve my life was through personal development. I mean, I could read well enough to get myself through a book, you know, whether it was Richard Carlson or Deepak Chopra or, or Andrew Weil or Tony Robbins or Gary Zukoff. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, I read these books cover to cover and I was highlighting them and, you know, um, uh, looking at them, you know, making sure that I that I tried to live the philosophies that I read in this book. And I thought, okay, here are all the things. The book would say, hey, if you're doing these things, take, check in to see if your life's going very well. And I was doing the things that, you know, affected my life poorly. And I said, oh, okay, so maybe I should just stop doing that. Hmm. And, you know, the other thing that was happening simultaneously was the fact that I was being introduced to, to physical activity that I never participated in before. Rock climbing, yoga, Pilates, weight training. You know, I mean, when I was a football player at Tremble at, at High School... I hated lifting weights, I thought it was stupid, either you were good at it or you weren't. And you know, my coach, I wasn't big enough, I was small, but you know, like I said earlier, as we were talking, you needed somebody for the good players to run over during practice, and that's basically what they had me around for. I didn't know that, I just said, hey, I'm on the team, and I got to wear my jersey on Fridays, and girls would go, oh, you're on the football team. But don't, walk, don't look for me to play. I mean, I probably, in my entire senior year of high school, I probably got in a grand total of about a minute of play time. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would sit on the sidelines, the entire game, game after game after game. And my coach, because you know, he was a very thoughtful, wonderful guy, would give me the stats board and make me take stats. So here I am as a player with my helmet up, taking stats for other players. He just wanted me to leave the team. I don't know why he just didn't say go, but I stuck around just to piss him off, I think. You
0: know? So it's interesting, I always talk to people about how athletes work for the smart guys. So you can be the best athlete in high school, and college, and pro, but you're still working for a smart guy when you get older. A CEO of uh, rich guys work for wealthy guys. And I find that a lot of athletes bully a lot of kids or they're the cool ones, but they're not really service oriented. They're not impacting their, their culture within their high school or middle school or em- elementary school. And they can do so much more as young athletes. Mm. If you, if you, I mean, you know the athlete market and, and you've been very successful as a CEO and as a... Uh, you know, actor, as a um, performer, as, you know, a comedian. If you were to tell kids at a younger age today and give them advice, whether they're the athlete on campus or the, you know, the, the, the nerd, what, what kind of advice would you give on what it means to them when they're young versus how to take life and play life hard? Like you were reading books you were outlining stuff, you were growing, you were learning, you were probably surrounding yourself with a bunch of guys to be able to, mm-hmm. guys and girls to be able to help you grow. Um, there's a big difference I think in school versus just reading a book in math, science, English history. Versus reading life experience, what you said. from And, and participating.
1: Mind. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, if I, had, you know, if I had a son, I would say to him, hey, look, man, number one, don't waste time doing silly things that aren't going to help you. As somebody who's been around for a long, long time, I can tell you what's going to have value long-term, and I can tell you what's, what doesn't. And you might want to spend more time doing things that kind of you know, make your journey less brutal. Uh, you know, Whether young kids are going to take your advice or not, that's another thing. Um, so certainly wasting time and being more productive, which is not what I did early on. And the other thing, too, would be to show up you know, like, there's so many... Th- like, for example, did I have to be here today? You know, I mean, I got so much stuff going on. Yeah. You know, but I, so, somebody, you know, you talk to some people. My, my wife, you know, works with me, and she felt it was sort of a, an opportunity to, to meet some new people, see what's going on. I've already had some amazing conversations out in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So you never know. You never know what trans- transpires. Also, keep your expectations really low. Mm-hmm. Really low. I mean, you know, I, I was on QVC first time with a whole crew. Everybody was so freaked out. You know what I mean? And like, you know, you're going to have, like... 100 million viewers when you get out? I go, oh, okay. Are you nervous? I said, yeah. And then, no. I go, why? Because I've got really low expectations, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know what I've got to do. I know, I, know I, already, I already have a sense of humor. I have to redevelop that. I know this product inside and out, so I'm just going to talk. I'm going to talk, and I'm going to listen, and we're going to get it. And if it turns out, great, great. If it doesn't, I'll never come back to QVC. You know, so the people get so freaked out because their expect- expectations are so high. And anybody who's a perfectionist, nine times out of ten, is probably going to fail. Because, you know, life does not work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, things change on, on a dime. And so when they do, you've got to be ready. And, oh, by the way, here's another thing. You're going to fail and you're going to fail and you're going to fail and you're going to fail. And what is failure? That is a learning opportunity. So what is failure really? It's awesome. Because if you don't show up and you don't fail, what do you learn? Zero.
0: I learn. actually haven't failed in over ten years. I either learn or I'm successful. There you go. So I, I switch so, it for yeah. kids because I yeah. find because yeah. so many people say love so semantics. Fail I like your semantics, love it. It's, so it's different verbiage, right? Some people you have to tell them to fail a million mm-hmm. times and then you'll get it and learn through the failure. Right. And then some of the other kids I work with, they failed so much in their life that if you tell them that they're going to fail, they actually don't even try. Right? It's crazy, and, and it works good in both sense, right? So right. I right. I look at the verbiage and the context. The context of City Summit here uh, is the significance breed of success every CEO, every exec here, Ryan Long, his team, Jen, everybody here, I find they want so much to impact lives, the money comes second. The money will come when you're really super significant.
1: Well, what is your why, what is your purpose? I mean, for me, am I an actor, am I a comedian, am I whatever, am am I a writer? I've written three books, but I'm not really a writer. What is my purpose? My purpose is to help other people find theirs. You know, Because I understand that physical activity affects more than just the physical, more than the aesthetic. Too many people are exercising for all the wrong reasons but those same people aren't getting the results they want because of all the wrong reasons. So, you know, if you understand the science of physical activity on your mental and emotional and even spiritual state, then you might be more consistent and you might be Mm -hmm. less hung up about how you look and more about who you are. And so if it's more about who you are and how you can perform and how how it improves your memory and your cognition and your sex drive and uh, your ability to be calm under pressure and the glass feels more half full than half empty, that's what physical activity does. I mean, people, anybody who's Listen to me speak for. understand that, you know, I'm a friend of John Rady who wrote the book Spark. And he explains very clearly that physical activity, the pure act of pulling oxygen in through the mouth, in through the nose, and into the body, and then eventually into the brain, you're going to release norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, something called brain-derived neurotropic factor. So when you release, when all these things are happening, this is, this is miracle growth for a part of your brain called the dentate gyrus. And so if you cut open the brain of somebody who doesn't exercise, they probably have something that I call... Early onset or, or chronic curmudgeon disorder. You know, how rarely do you meet somebody who's my age or older who's just, you know, upbeat, optimistic, you know, uh, outgoing, willing to try things. Your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Nine times out of ten because A, you never f- fulfilled your purpose and B, you weren't working out often enough to be able to release those chemicals inside of the brain so that you look at the, at the world in a more upbeat, positive way. That's within, Oh, and by the way, this will happen That'll happen, and that's sort of an after effect. It's the same thing as you're talking about. Is it about the money? Because I'm telling you, man, I train millionaires and billionaires, and they are sorry, sad sons of bitches nine times out of ten. Not happy, because what does the money do? It, It compounds their freak out and their... And their meltdowns and their, you know, and their, and their unhappiness.
0: And their stress because now they're worried about losing the money. Losing the money. Hey,
1: I'm, I certainly am some, somebody who suffers from that. Like, oh, I built all this stuff and I have these homes and, and yada, yada, yada. And I think, geez, if I had just stayed in that apartment with a view of the convalescent <laughs> home, I could have a ton more bread and now who cares, right? I mean, you know, but this, these are lessons that we learn in life, right? So, you know, like when I, when I speak, I tell people, well, why are you doing what you're doing? You know what I mean? And, and I think, really, is that you think that's like on your deathbed? Is that what they're going to talk about? Oh, we had four beautiful homes and a sexy, hot wife with a giant boob job, and and uh, you know, rings on his fingers. And you know, who did you help? Who did you who who benefited from what you did? What what sense of altruism? What charities were you working for? Because the one thing about helping other people, which is what you do, which is what I do, which a lot of people here do, is that you can't really think about yourself and all your issues and all your problems. The more time you spend about somebody else then I don't know how you can't be filled
0: with happiness, joy, and laughter. My thought is, uh, well, we do this training called 168. It's one of our experiences. You have 168 hours in a week. At least I do. You might have more or less. And you sleep X amount, you work, you work out, you do all this stuff, and most people I find... Uh, waste or do not use anywhere from 30 to 60 hours based upon their vision and purpose. They're sitting in front of the TV, they're on social media, whatever it is, that mm. isn't really fulfilling their life, and they wonder why they don't have what they really want because they don't understand what they're doing in the first place and they don't understand their choice.
1: Right.
0: In fitness and health, I- I've talked to a lot of trainers. I-, I know people in the fitness industry, and most people I find don't get the body or the looks or results based upon the commitment to Yeah. and they don't understand themselves well enough with their emotional intelligence. We have an emotional intelligence training company we do for kids in juvenile hall or foster care. We do it with adults from Quantico, Virginia, from the FBI all the way down to law enforcement. And it's interesting to be able to find people that don't understand emotional intelligence. Like you ever gotten mad at somebody? Have I ever gotten mad
1: at somebody? Yeah. Honey, have I ever gotten mad at anybody?
0: So so, did they, did they, so I find a lot... Of, I always ask people, do, do you, uh, did they make you mad or did you let yourself get mad? People with accountability say, I let myself get mad. People that don't have accountability go, they made me mad. Right. And it's all like a blame game. It's like, hold on, you, you're, how many fingers are you pointing back to yourself? Mm. And it's the man in the mirror, right? Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, it is you. <laughs> so how do <laughs> you... You is fi- me
1: and I am you and cuckoo-cuckoo.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how, the how do you find yourself with the ability... To uh, build your team and build your self-commitment to yourself to really figure out um, who you, what you're about, how you get what you want, your future, your desires, your purpose. How did you really start doing that? Because I find that building your own commitment leads to everything else.
1: You know, for me, it was, um, you know, I'm I'm doing an event down in San Diego called the Paragon Experience uh, in September, and, um, and one of the things that I'm going to be talking about you know, it's one of the seminars is called These 20 Things. And of these 20 things, none of them have to do with food or fitness, which is what people know me for. It's about other, 20 other things that if they're, in my opinion, if they're not lined up, then you're going to run into more obstacles than you are going to have success, you know. So one of them is the company that you keep, all right. I mean, honestly, if you're hanging around a bunch of finger pointers and naysayers and, and lazy people who are spending more time, you know, using party as a verb, uh, then chances are you're not going to really get where you want to go. You want to be with, with people that inspire you, people that are mentors, people that are moving and grooving and taking care of, taking care of business. Because, you know, for example, if you and I, are, if our, five of our best friends were world-class rock climbers and we were told you got to spend the next year with these world-class rock climbers, guess what we would become? Really good rock climbers. World-class. World-class. So you got to figure, and the other thing, too, is like if I'm talking to kids, the other thing that I would say to people is, hey, if I was saying saying to somebody, I would say, "That threw me off. I forgot that somebody came in the door." What, what you would say? I don't know what I would say. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I would say, "Stop thinking so much about what people have to say." We're, we're making we're making too many decisions based on fads and and. Uh, and trends and we're not really looking at who we really are what is our personal truth what really turns you on one of the one of the books that I read uh, Keith Ellis's book The Magic Lamp oh my god man I turned that book on to any if you learn anything from this conversation right now go out and buy Keith Ellis's book The Magic Lamp because that book helped me figure out what I'm supposed to do I'm going to be a movie star I'm going to be an entrepreneur you know I mean I had all these kind of half-hearted things that I wanted to be based on a little amount of work I was going to do. But, you know, it came, it came out after doing all the exercises and reading through the book and, you know, because the book was filled with, okay, you're going to read this chapter now you're going to, you know, break out your pen and paper and, and do, some, do some real work here. It, it had, to be, had to be physical and it had to be entertaining. Hmm. So I created P90X, oddly enough, that was one of the hardest fitness programs of all time but one of the highest selling because I made it fun. And lucky for me, the CEO, director, producer, people that worked with me on that program said, Horton, just do it the way you would do it with Tom Petty or Billy Idol or Annie Lennox or whoever you're training or with one of us. Go go- I mean, you know, if it gets too goofy, we'll, we'll back you down. Um, and that's the power of, you know, <laughs> cut. That's, you can't do that Hitler joke, dude. It's just too soon, you know. So that was the beautiful thing about, about oh, I was, I was let, and it allowed me to be who I am. But you know, you're getting influence from all these different people. He's successful, she's successful, they're successful. Well, I better do what they're doing. But it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? So sometimes you just got to get quiet. And you have to write down what turns you on based on your life at this point. And mm-hmm. oh, by the way, it's going to change. So you might have success in a certain area of your life and you might hit the ceiling and go, why, why am I not happy anymore? I got, I got the car, I got the thing, I got the book, but I'm not happy anymore. Guess what? It's time to change. That's a lesson that you want to do throughout your life. I'm in the middle of that right now. I've been with the same organization for 20 years and, the, and it's been magical. I mean, what I've been able to provide and what I've been able to do and the freedom that they've given me. But is it time to move on? Is it time to stay with them? I don't know. I'm going to miss figuring that out.
0: So you have your own company too? I do. What's your goal? What's your outcome? What do you guys want to create?
1: Ah, oh, man, you know, so I've, I've got, it, it, it's called TH Life. You, know, you can go to THLife.com and uh, TonyHortonLife.com and figure out, you know. I like that. I do, thank you. Tony Horton Life. You know, it's my life. So I have an apparel line. You know, it's T-shirts right now, but we're going to go to hats and some other things. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. You know, it's just fun little sayings that, you know, one of them is do your best to forget the rest, One of them, which is a TH Life shirt that says do your rest, do your best to forget the rest. The other one is TH Fitness, which is indoor training for the outside world. I have another one that says fame is lame. There's a story behind that. I'll tell you why. Um, um, and then the other one is aging for idiots, which, you know, always strikes a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one area. I have also I have my own skin and hair care line because... My you know, hair I, looks I'm, really good. Thank Can you, Can I touch your hair? I take okay. sure my hair, man. Wow, yeah. that is really nice. That's it. Thank you. And that's my color. I don't dye it, which is a freak show. I do dye this. That's so sexy. I won't, I won't lie to you. This is all a little bit on the gray side right okay. here. So I, the white stripe is weird, so oh, I that's put good. some color in there. But, you know, it's, it's uh, I have, when I came out to California, all that sunshine, I baked myself. I was brown, Donnie, Johnny brown, 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 mm-hmm. and it, I just destroyed my skin. So I got together with some chemists and real experts, and I said, you know, what can I do about the flaking, the itching, and the spots? And so there's a shaving cream, there's a conditioner, there's a, sh- a hair and body wash.
0: Uh, there's a, do you guys have big distribution for that, or is it mostly online?
1: It's mostly online. And, um, do you guys want more distribution? no. Yes, of course. We're talking to Walmart and some other people right now. We'll see if Do we can. Do you know can... Quality King? I don't.
0: Okay. All right. I know the owners. They're actually in town right now. Yeah. You should meet them. Oh, all right. Yeah, the Nuff Source. All right. They sell, I don't know, like, I think it's 60,000 locations for shampoo and stuff like that. I want to have that conversation.
1: What's unique about TH Care is not, not ex- no experiment on animals. You know what I mean? It's... Uh, Do you experiment on people? Mostly on people. Okay. Me. <laughs> I'm the guinea pig. 30 like, days of like, new stuff. Look! Look how fantastic. I love it. It never so good. I just got to walk around with my fingers on my face all day long.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, you know, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, Whole Food compliant. It's 65, it's Prop 65 compliant. I mean, it's made in the USA, which is kind of nice. And when like it's made that. in California, there's so many rules and regulations. You can't even, whatever, you can't even have five ounces of excess anything go through a pipe and into the groundwater. So everything is recycled. And I, I, those are important things to people nowadays. Back in the old days, it was like, oh, it smells good, and what the hell, that's fine. But uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to create a really high-end product that is affordable for really? both men
0: and women. I love that. Yeah. So d- when you build your team for that company, w- how do you find those people? Well, you know, I mean,
1: God, it's like this. How did I find you? You, you knew about me. You wanted to sit down and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. It was a lot like that. I wanted this one, this, uh, Patrick Dockery, Uh, who has his own skin and hair care line of his own, um, uh, was a fan, did P90X, lost a bunch of weight, found me. He wanted Mm -hmm. to put me on the cover of his magazine and and be on his TV show. So I did both of those things. And he kept sending me boxes and boxes of his stuff. And I go, your stuff is great, but why don't we put my name on some of your stuff? And he goes, and he said, great. So we worked out our deal, got the lawyers together, yada, yada. And so they manufacture, they distribute, they do all the media. They're coming to the house uh, next week. I'm going to shoot 10 we hope, hilarious. You know the old Old Spice commercials? I'm on a horse. You know the thing? Oh, anyway. They were, they were, yeah, I mean, they were absolutely outrageous and funny and the reason why uh, Old Spice doubled in sales in in six months is because of those ads. So we're going to try to duplicate, not going to duplicate them exactly, but we're going to make them fun and silly and watchable. You know, I mean, why does anybody do anything uh, because, you know, or why does anybody watch a certain film or have a certain uh, a fan of a certain star is because they like the delivery they like being entertained mm-hmm. p90x is hard. hard oh plyo okay we're going to jump up and down next day yoga hour and a half like what i'd rather just eat shards of glass for dinner mm-hmm. you know but they they people kept showing up because I gave them modifications, I had the people behind me were not like these perfect little fitness models, they were real people suffering and busting their ass behind me. And you know, I'm doing impressions of a pterodactyl backing out of trouble. I don't know what that is, I made it up on the spot. But you know, if it's at least entertaining, like you, you have a good personality, may I just state that out of the box? Thanks. That's probably why you have success. You have great knowledge, you have great delivery, you're entertaining, bam! Did did anybody prep me on this interview at all? Uh, no, but not, if,
0: not uh, on my side, right? No, I mean, you probably learned a little bit about me before you wanted to talk to me. A little bit. Yeah. But it's interesting because I didn't dive because what I found is, is when I ask certain questions, I pull the real person out instead of knowing a bunch of information and trying right. to force feed yeah. what I see right. versus actually getting to know the human in front of me. Right. So I can do all the research, but it doesn't mean yeah. it's true. Well, there's spontaneity in that. Yeah. You know, if it feels calculated, then people gonna go, oh, "That's kind of that's baloney."
1: That interviews. Crap. I did an interview yesterday where they said, "Hey, here's our, here's the questions you want to know what they are." I go, "No,
0: man, let's go." Let's just do it. Yeah. Because if it's all scripted, it doesn't seem real. It's like what you're doing right. with with P ninety X. It's really, it's 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 not calculated. It's just you being you. And people, I think, don't buy a product because the product they buy, who represents the product, they buy the human as much product. or more than anything.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you have to have faith and belief in in, in who it is that's delivering, disseminating that that message. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah.
0: So what's one thing that you don't have right now that if you had, you could make more impact within your company, your family, or this world?
1: Oh, you've got to finish with a tough question at the end. Um, Wow. Long...
0: Long pause. You can take a second. This is good. So, yeah. interview interviewers interview people back there. People of the world of the planets.
1: I have I have a, I have, a, I have I think I have the right people in place who are okay. working really busting their ass and making my life a whole lot easier and and, uh, and making things grow. Um, I think the one thing that I'm missing right now is knowing. I, I have a, I'm at a fork in a road in the road mm-hmm. right now with with my career, mm-hmm. and um, one. Avenue of that fork, I you know it's a two-year deal, etched in stone, done it a hundred times, do it in my sleep, not a problem. The chances of it being successful are, you know, you can't predict the future. Who knows? You know, am I relevant in two years when this thing rele- or in a year when this thing releases? Who knows? Mm-hmm. I would hope so. That is an easy path, mm-hmm. but I am, I am um, under the thumb of somebody else who runs the show. Mm-hmm. That path is me, all me, nothing but me. Mm-hmm. That's a scarier path. Right. This, this, is, this is me being the boss. This is me working for the boss. Mm-hmm. And so this is easy because I know what the money is. Mm-hmm. I can go skiing in Jackson Hole for the whole winter. Uh, you know what I mean? I can, I can kick back and add more money to my, my, uh, my investments and whatnot. But this, is, this might lead to nothing and some financial mm, scariness. Mm-hmm. So that's, I can't, I don't know yet. I don't know what to do. I have to, I have to you know, I'm just having those conversations and being a good listener. So how point. about both? How about you no, just go ski half pa- of the winter yes. and do that one, mm, too?
0: Just ski for the month. You, you know, I find that people say, like Amanda Amanda Holmes, that was right here right before, mm-hmm. she built a company over two years. She has a consulting company. Their dad left her 200 employees. They have over uh, 200,000 companies that they work with around the world, uh, consulting and you know, leadership and all this stuff. And it's interesting because she goes, now I work one hour a week. And I go, how do you do that? And she goes, I have the best team I've ever had that's right. my exec team and I can do whatever I want the other, right. other 167 hours but that one hour I spend focused on them and they can carry out my mission one hour so, so I think oh. what, what, the only reason I bring it up is I think it's possible I'm to down to nine
1: hours a day but uh, yeah okay
0: it might be possible <laughs> to do both if you find the right team right you right. never know or right. if you get the right distribution I
1: think my, my thing is that I have to have my nose in everything for example mm. you know, I had to approve a bunch of photos I looked at the photos and I went seriously i mean do we have to show all the wrinkles maybe you know what i mean or that The wrinkles
0: look really good though. thank you though man yeah. yeah well you know it's the unless... wisdom that you have it's a well, struggle a little, a little a wisdom here yeah if i didn't have any people would think i've been cheating the whole yeah, way. yeah it's like my buddy threw me his gloves one day and he goes he goes i'm a boxer i go yeah and i smell them they're brand new i'm like sure you are buddy yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh if, yeah you've if, been around Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah right, if you right, smell right. those and they're yeah.
0: horrible yeah. you're like you're tough you're yeah, tough yeah right or at least you hit a bag a lot and sweat it in your gloves. Yeah. One of the two. Either one. At you least <laughs> you're hitting something. Where can people go to find you?
1: Uh, TonyHortonLife.com. That's where you can find all my events, all my products. Uh, and if you want to know more about Paragon, the Paragon experience in San Diego in mm-hmm. September, it's ParagonEXP.com. Also, if you text info at two, uh, 210, crap, 210 610 1234, that's info at 210. 610 1 2, 3, 4. you'll know all things Tony Horton
0: and the, you put them on a list and update them and everything else.
1: Absolutely. You get my you get my weekly newsletter and you'll see what's going on in Paragon. There's a lot there's recipes in there, there's a lot of my strategies in there. There's a lot of free content which is, you know, obviously nice. Um, and if you want more, you go to tonyhortonlife.com and you can sign up for anything. I do ski trip events. There's one in Jackson Hole in February which is if you're a skier or a snowboarder or even if you're learning It's the single most spectacular place in the United States of America, in my opinion. It's so beautiful, and it's only room for 50 people, so it's super intimate. We hang out, we do a bunch of yoga, and we ski and snowboard and laugh and eat and drink.
0: So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Awesome! Thanks for coming on, today Thank you. David. Really appreciate, David, it, I appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it, brother. You Tony Horton—he is significant, making impact in over 11 million people's lives, or more, Four more. But it's probably like 10 times that, like 100 million lives. 200 million. 200 million lives. And next, starting his own brand, building it out. You can get his hair care, his facial wash, his clothing, his I'm underwear. Sure. Do you have underwear? I have no underwear yet. No underwear yet. I'm wearing
1: some, but that's a different. Can't have those.
0: Okay, <laughs> you will be able to wear everything because this is how you train as a champ. This is how you become a champ. Change your mindset. Change your friends. Change your life. Change your body. Yeah, maybe.
1: You get what hey, you Hey, I just turned 60, so I don't know what that's supposed to be. But If I hopefully... can look as good
0: as you, half as good as you when I'm 60, I'm going to be doing good. Well, yeah, I think you're going to make it. <laughs> See you guys. Have a great day.
1: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about
0: anywhere.